Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you folks again for another broadcast uh, where we're bringing you uh, new paradigms for a new world. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We podcast the programs on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we are also, believe it or not, yes, indeed, on YouTube, where you can watch these interviews. We hope that you will. And to subscribe and or get uh, click notification so that when I post a new interview, uh, podcast and video cast, that you uh, will be notified that, uh, ah, he's got another one up there. Let's take a listen and see what uh, he and his guest have to say today. And then, of course, um, we ask that if you can support the work we're doing here financially, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And we also ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, where we want you to spend some time going within to that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place and listening to that still, small voice. And I will bet you our guest today has a big section that we're going to talk about when it comes to listening to that still, small voice. And uh, my guest's name just so happens to be, no, it's not Richard Dugan. I'm not interviewing myself. It's actually Lucy Bird Hope. She's written a book called Daily Alignment, lucybirdhope.com. And that's bird with a Y, B-Y-R-D. Lucy, first of all, thank you so much for joining us on the program. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And then uh, I'm going to make a reference, and <clears throat> I, I, I mean no disrespect here, uh, but it's a it's a television historical television reference regarding the da- daily uh, alignment alignment. Explain it to me, Lucy. <laughs> Seriously, you got to do it every day. I mean, what about once a week? I mean, <laughs> uh, well, fair, very fair. So. I would say whatever calls to you. That was just what I found worked for me. Mm-hmm. I found that any day I got into alignment, um, even better if it's at the beginning of the day, my day just flowed better. It was like setting an intention that can be carried throughout the day of being in alignment. Yeah. Well, the book teaches people how to move from uh, a place that we all find ourselves in, at least most of us seem to find ourselves in, surviving, to a place we've been talking about for years on this program, thriving with these eight, uh, 85 coping skills geared to help uh, build a foundation of healthy physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual habits. Uh, and of course, you speak to uh, uh, places like Al-Anon, your cancer centers, and many mind-body-spirit expos. And of course, uh, this book is uh, also fantastic for therapists who have a uh, have on hand to have the, it on hand to teach clients more skills. And uh, you have a foreword uh, that was written by uh, uh, a healer, a celebrity uh, healer, uh, by the name of Ali uh, Levine. Is that right, or is it Levine? Yes, yes. She's incredible. Incredible author, healer, breathwork facilitator. 
Um, yes, yes. And of course, uh, we're looking for uh, stress relief, uh, relief from anxiety, depression, life dramas. I, I know that um, the book uh, will uh, it, uh, the book is released at the end of March 2023. Um, and um, I, I find this interesting that there is a day in March. I didn't know this even existed <clears throat> called World Bipolar Day. Self-Harm Awareness Day, National Reading Month. Uh, of course, April has a World Health Day and Sexual Assault Awareness Month, uh, all of which uh, would flow with the timing of your book's release. Uh, and uh, I find that really interesting, considering what we have all been through in one form or another over the last, I ordinarily would say the last, say, three years, but I'd actually take it back to the last five to maybe 10 years um, because of all of the stuff that's been going on in so many different realms that we are bombarded by with our technologies. Would you say that uh, a daily alignment becomes more difficult be when we stay connected to our technology, our screens, as they're calling them? Mm. Yeah, I'd say it becomes more necessary, right? Yeah. Um, I am someone who has found through personal experience that I like to go off the grid. And so I like to spend my nights and sometimes weekends with my phone turned off. I find that really allows me to get get centered, get aligned and and do better. But yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like with all the technology, it can push and pull us in so many different directions before we even really know it. We have, we're consuming so much of other people's thoughts and ideas and opinions and beliefs. And it's great to learn and share and have communities of, um, of talking and sharing information. It's just always, I've found important to get back to, as you mentioned earlier, listening, listening to that inner voice, listening to that that higher wisdom that's there for us. And that higher wisdom that is there for us has always been there, but we have been, uh, let's put this nicely, we've been taught not to trust that inner voice, but to listen to the outside world, other people, uh, and so forth. Uh, a mistake on our part, uh, on, on the part of our institutions and so forth, especially uh, because I was born and raised Catholic. I can say this, uh, especially <laughs> our religious institutions who seem to think that uh, he, she knows better than I do. Who's speaking up at the pulpit, wearing those robes and, and, and on and on and on uh, must know more than me because, well, look where they are. They're standing up there in front uh, behind the podium. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. That that sometimes reliance, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, but that reliance on someone else's viewpoints can just really. I mean, it is beautiful. Again, like I said, I I believe in sharing information, sharing truths. But mm -hmm. when it comes to what we're going to believe and actually instill in our life and live off of, that has to come down to to something more inward. 
Yeah. No, and and it takes time to reach that level of trust. I want to talk a little bit about that as we continue here. I want to talk about this aspect of trust because there are moments in our lives where we do trust implicitly. You know, we don't even question it, which is, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, From my perspective, it's a good thing. But then there are those times when, I don't know, um, well, uh, I don't think I should do that. And I've had experiences, I'm sure you have too, where uh, I had a financial situation going on and uh, I go, I'm getting this prompting and I'm going, no, 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 no. That's going against my plan, my plan. (laughs) (laughs) And the prompting would not go away. said, you really need to do this. You really need to. And oh, God, if it'll shut you up almost the way I was feeling. And I did it. And a few days later, I thought back on that moment and going, wow. Things would be a lot worse right now if I hadn't done that, if I hadn't been prompted. Do you get that a lot? Interesting. Yeah, definitely. I sometimes call them almost like synchronicities or coincidences or just like being open to signs that I'm on the right path or receiving the right knowledge or this is the right move for me. And definitely I go a lot with the the gut feeling. I'm sure you've heard that terminology, kind of like mm-hmm. I, I've got a gut feeling. Um, and I find that can just really help me making those decisions. And to make those decisions, I find from like a calm place as mm-hmm. opposed to a place of urgency, which I find to be so hard because sometimes the more urgent something feels, the quicker I feel I need to do it. But I've learned through trial and error, thankfully, I have enough evidence of what happens when I do it one way that it it alerts me to pause and try and do it the other way, where I really try to proceed only if I feel calm and clear and that sense of peace about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's and it's hard sometimes because, you know, we want to trust our mothers and our fathers and our siblings and our teachers, you know, and so forth and so on. And it's not that they're not trustworthy either. I think that's something too, that sometimes they may very well mirror the very, very prompting that, that we're getting. I, I, I've been, I'm sure you, you've probably been to some kind of a, a medium or intuitive uh, to get some kind of guidance and I've I've been to them. It's been a long time. But when I would go to them in the last, say, five or 10 years, it wasn't to go to get information. It was to go to get confirmation. Because for whatever reason, I just I just wasn't quite there. I just wasn't quite accepting. But now here I am today and I'm much more so, much more so. How about you? I, I agree with that so much. My first experience with psychics and mediums was about four years ago at the Mind Body Spirit Expo in Raleigh. Um, talk about those prompts, like you mentioned before. I was going through some really uh, just traumatic things in life and went to get a massage. And the lady doing the massage said, You know, if it costs you, I just feel like I should tell you, you might want to go to the Mind Body Spirit Expo. I'd never heard of it. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be going on that weekend. I went 
and it's rooms full of psychics and mediums and I needed at that time their words. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust those around me. And I felt safe in this place. And I needed to hear these messages. I needed them to guide me. And fast forward to now, I still enjoy working with psychics. And I do it much more for confirmation or for... Um, brainstorming something or just like something bigger. It's definitely now more of a want than a need Mm because I have learned how to listen to that inner voice and what it's trying to tell me. And before I just didn't have faith in it. And yeah, I, I, I prefer it this way. I feel like I feel more stable when I'm not needing other people to guide me. Um, It's more of, a support system, Mm -hmm. right. Than than my entire reliance on, on that. But I have found, had, had many good experiences in that. We're talking here today with Lucy, Lucy bird, uh, Lucy bird hope. We're talking about her latest work uh, that we're to me. It's, it's actually kind of fun to, to get into these conversations about daily Alignment. Daily Alignment is available at her website, which of course is <clears throat> lucybirdhope.com. And that's bird with a Y. Uh, so we hope that you'll, we will be linked, of course, to your website, Lucy, so that people can uh, uh, find out more uh, about the work that you are doing at your website. Um, this, and again, the book is, uh, it's it's available as of the end of March, 2023. So you're going to want to get a copy. You can go through many of the other, uh, many of the places, Amazon and Target and Barnes and Noble and Walmart and all the other good places. Uh, and this is going to teach you. That's right. It's going to teach you how to move from surviving to thriving with these 85 coping skills geared to help you build a foundation of healthy, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, uh, spiritual habits. That's right. Habits. And we'll talk about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and we're here with Lucy Bird Hope. And uh, that's a great series of names, especially Bird and Hope, in terms of in terms of uh, flying free from the stresses and anxieties and so forth. Um, first of all, uh, I'm guessing there are more than 85. But you only put 85 in the book? Well, honestly, it's funny because it's it's kind of like they're even more than 85 in the book. There are 85 specific techniques right. that mm-hmm. have a, a header. But within each one are 10, 5, 20, sometimes different things. And honestly, they are. I, I do have a couple new ones that aren't in the book that have come to me since then. But really everything that came to me during the process of writing the book is in there, mm-hmm. is in there. It, um, it, I originally wrote it to myself. These were notes that I was keeping track of to help myself feel better. I was going through a rough time and I'd find through the day, whether it's from a friend or a book or a therapist or an insight or download I got, however it came, I would, I would learn these things that made me feel better. Mm-hmm. And then 
but by the next morning, I would really have forgotten them. So I started writing them down and they became notes on notes and piles of notes. And I self-bound it into a book that I wrote to myself. And some friends and family noticed I was doing a bit better. They said, you know, you should publish this. And mm. and here we are. <laughs> well, absolutely. And of course, that's kind of what happens. Uh, you know, there are many of us, yours truly included, who are working on uh, their their books. Some people are writing their memoirs and so forth. And I'm not critical of people in their 20s writing their memoirs, but I'd give it another 10 years at least. Okay, before you start writing your memoirs, I'm 62 and I haven't written mine yet, at least not in the traditional sense. Lucy Bird Hope is a holistic guide, a spiritualist, and a entrepreneur who receives received her MBA from uh, in psychology from the University of Texas at Austin. Um, she Lucy built upon this foundation by learning cognitive, behavioral, um, uh, somatic, and existential psychology as well as alternative medicine. Now. That is not only a mouthful, but uh, that's also a lot to incorporate. Uh, and certainly you've you've gathered that kind of uh, information uh, over the years. Uh, and um, I'd be interested in maybe discussing a little bit about some of these modalities that you have listed here, uh, specifically the uh, the cognitive behavioral concept. Can you describe that? And uh, how did you incorporate that into uh, this this book you've written called Daily Alter uh, Daily Alignment? Definitely, definitely. Psychology has always fascinated me. How the mind works, why what we why we do what we do, and so cognitive behavioral therapy. I I do. I am in therapy, and that is one of the first modalities I started with many years ago. Cognitive thought. Um, cognitive behavioral is basically cognitive, aka thought, behavioral, aka action. So it's the actions of your thoughts. So it's the concept of noticing what your thoughts are doing and disengaging with negative, non-self-serving thoughts, let releasing them and then re-engaging with positive or or thoughts that essentially serve you better, encouraging thoughts that that support yourself. So I find that really to be the foundation of so much of what I do, whether it's going through the day or writing a book. I mean, really sitting with those automatic negative thoughts that come up and redirecting them into thoughts that serve me better. I found hmm. thoughts to be really the foundation of my perception of reality, you know, that this my thoughts are feeding what I feel is is real is happening to me for me around me and so i found that by paying attention to my thoughts their patterns my mental emotional thought patterns and then learning to be the director of those thoughts and the guide of those thoughts mm -hmm. as opposed to letting them guide me um just i mean that was life-changing for me really taking back my power for sure started there mm -hmm. You know, we talk about uh, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. And um, where we are today is based upon all of the choices that we have made in the past. So it's fascinating. And I've even said this on this program to, to some of my guests. And it replies to all of, it applies to all of my guests. All of the choices that I have made 
have brought me here to this interview with you. Mm. I didn't know that ahead of time. And then, of course, all of the choices that I make from this point forward are going to put me wherever it is, is that I'm going to be in the future. But there's also another one, another element to that, a third element. All of the choices that I make from this point forward are based upon my perception of what I think the future will be. Mm. How do we in this daily alignment start to foster a vision for the future, whether it be my personal future, my family's future, my city, state, nation, the world's future, uh, how do I begin to to vision that? What 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 are some techniques? Uh, and and I'm going to guess that the intuition is going to play a role in this. <laughs> yeah, I like this concept a lot. One of the things, it's actually a technique in the book, is called set your future in motion, and it's based upon the idea that essentially the choice that I make now the thought I think, the word I speak, the the movement I make, the action or inaction I make, be, fall, that energy is put forth on my path as I walk it. So it's the concept of being the person that you want to become, at least starting that now, and then it's in motion on your path as it's in front of you. So it's really setting that intention personal to each of us with what resonates to you as to what as to what you want that future to be. Do you want it to be more peaceful? Well, then embody in whatever way you can a sense of peace now and probably not going to be perfect day one. That's not even the goal. Mm -hmm. But that energy is now on your path is now part of your your process. A cool definition of karma I heard is basically like this, that the choice we make now sets our future in motion. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're constantly reaping what we're sowing. So whatever it is that you want to reap a a quieter mind, more self-love, more love of others, uh, being open, being balanced, whatever those things are, figuring out what they are first, like sitting with yourself, resonating with what feels right. And then what can I do now to make that be a part of my future? I don't need to wait till later because it's always then going to be later. If it's a, if it's a part of the now, it can be a part of the future. Yeah. Very interesting perspective. There's no question uh, that we're all trying to learn uh, what we can from this process called life. And um, uh, it's, it's, not an easy thing. True, true. It's not always, it's challenging. It can be at times, but we can move from survival to thrival uh, with these coping skills uh, that are geared to help to build a foundation of healthy physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual habits. And uh, we'll talk more about that as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a pleasure to have Lucy Bird Hope with us, author of Daily Alignment, 
And uh, we encourage you to go to her website, lucybirdhope.com. That's bird with an I. I beg your pardon, with a Y. It does not have an I. So there are no I's in the website address. They're all, they're Y's. Lucybirdhope.com. We certainly hope that uh, you will pick up a copy and uh, educate, uh, get more education on uh, how to, to be healthier. With what we have experienced in the previous um, uh, five, six years, um, it's it's a challenge to sometimes even talk about. I mean, I've heard this time and time again now that with with the 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 issues that we're facing and the conversations that we're not having. And yet we are having some conversations that are so good, so good, especially conversations about not about mental illness, about mental health and how to maintain that with the stuff that's been going on. Uh, I love the fact that we are talking about these things. I just interviewed a rabbi who recommend, who acknowledges his own mental health issues and the reason I focus on mental health is because everybody is at different stages in their life, just like their physical health, their emotional health, and so forth. Um, talk to us a little bit about how the daily alignments can help with our <clears throat> mental health and well-being, and also how we can share this with other people, with what we're going through, that it's okay to share it. And that actually we really need to, so that we can break the stigma. Mm, I like that. I I am a huge proponent of mental health. It is, it is such a huge part of each of our experience, whatever our mental health is. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I highlight a lot of ways to essentially harness the power of your of your thoughts, the, the power of your mental mental awareness. And I guess awareness is a great place to start. Becoming aware, becoming mindful, becoming present is really the first step. A great book by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, talks about being in the moment. That's um, someone I quote in the book. And it really is that huge first step, becoming aware of the moment, becoming aware of your thoughts, becoming aware of the voice in your head is the first step to then being able to guide it, becoming aware of it, and then watching it, observing it, becoming the neutral observer of the voice in your head or voices or essentially becoming the neutral observer of your experience, learning to detach from these sensations, these thoughts and guide them as opposed to letting them guide you is such a huge part of it. I, I use a lot of stories and parables as well throughout time. There's a great Buddhist parable about shooting the second arrow, arrow at ourselves and that in life we may be shot with the first arrow and that's essentially what happens to us. And that second arrow, though, is then the mental suffering and anguish that we add to it and that we are the ones that shoot that second arrow at ourselves. And so just pausing in that moment of after receiving a first arrow, 
having that awareness, having that pause, and then asking if we really need to shoot the second arrow at ourselves, or if instead of complaining and blaming and guilting and shaming around the situation ourselves or others, Mm. can we instead spend that time mentally pulling out the first arrow, soothing ourselves, calming ourselves, tending to ourselves as if we're our own child or best friend or romantic partner, having that voice be based on a voice of someone that loves us and nurtures us and letting go of past critical voices that we may have internalized. So, so much awareness and then so much direction and observation of our mental state I found can, can really be keys to feeling healthy in that area. Mm. Well, we all are, again, we're searching, we're scratching away and trying to keep our equilibrium and life happens around us. Uh, you know, it's it was one thing when uh, prior to March, which is amazing, uh, It's it's been three years as of our conversation here, uh, since the world uh, basically shut down. I do have to say, I was really uh, amazed and astounded, and it was so beautiful to see some of the images from around the world uh, of animals coming into the cities of Venice and seeing for the first time in I don't know how many hundreds of years. I think it was what dolphins that were sh- swimming up and down the canals because uh, there weren't the uh, th- they didn't have the uh, I want to say canoes gondolas uh, in the water and so on and so forth. It was so beautiful to see nature coming back and so forth. Um, and then of course uh, we 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 go through uh, we go through an election and that is tumultuous. God, it's still going on. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sort of come out the other side a little bit, but we've had a few natural disasters here and there. We've had a, a year or two where we had major wildfires here in California and, of course, other places in the world. And then on a personal level, you know, um, our lives, they take on a little different shape every so often. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm now uh, faced with uh, the, uh, the imminent, I say imminent, uh, uh, from the standpoint of... Uh, um, the way we define death and dying in a terminal context uh, of my father, uh, who has been diagnosed with uh, uh, dementia and Parkinson's. Uh, but fortunately, we have the technology. This is where the technology comes in to play and helps. I had the great privilege, if you will, of seeing him through video phone conversation with uh, he and my mom and my wife and I here in Phoenix, here in Santa Barbara, they in Phoenix. I got to see him. Yeah, he wasn't doing so great. And he's just lying there and so forth. But he knew who I was. We had a short little conversation. Of course, it's not like I have to continually tell him that I love him, but I did. I told him again. Uh, you know, we've never been estranged, as I've often said. It, it's always been good relations with with family members, and that's rather a unique thing to be able to say in this day and age. Uh, <laughs> and and then, of course, uh, dealing with the stress that my mother is under, having to to care for him, but she's got lots of help from different places. Um, and of course, um, the different things that are going on in, in life, in, in one's personal life. And we just had a bunch of snow up on, a, up on the mountaintop where we live. And it was spectacular. It's like some people, oh my God, were you snowed in? How was it? How cold? And it was great, fabulous. And you, Lucy, you have all these different things going on in your life too. 
they stress us. They press, they they push the 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 healthy button uh, to you know you want to stay healthy, but they kind of want to short circuit that healthy button because the stressors and then of course the chemicals that are created through the stress they they don't they don't help. How does a daily alignment help in this regard to sort of and this is like taking the um, I want to say etheric concepts that you have for daily alignment and uh, use that to transform the physical, the material world, our health, our emotions, our thought processes, our logical, you know, problem solving processes, our intellect, as well as our spiritual health. I love that question. I I've found a huge part of of this to be learning about and tapping into. So basically, learning about the fight or flight, mm-hmm. and then tapping into the parasympathetic nervous system. So what I mean by that is the fight or flight is our evolutionary response as humans that was built over time to perceive threats, whether they're real or not. Mm-hmm. And it's if we believe that there is a threat around us, then our bodies enters into fight or flight, which is essentially a life-saving process. Mm-hmm. And, and this means that we are, our cortisol levels, all of our bodily chemicals are primed to react instead of respond. Our lizard brain comes forward. Our prefrontal cortex is disabled. So essentially our higher thoughts, more rational thought processes are disabled in this state. And we operate from our reptilian brain, which only had one thing in mind, and that was to live and when facing death. And so things can quickly become from just receiving an email or a call or having a conversation or even our own spiraling thoughts, essentially anxiety can activate the fight or flight system. And before we know it, we're in this feeling where we feel like things are life or death. And the biggest thing I found for me is that I wasn't taught that. So I just didn't understand why anytime I became emotionally triggered. I just became so reactive. I would yell or it was just, it just, it was like I couldn't control myself and I didn't understand why. And that led me to figure out research and look into this fight or flight. Okay. My body is essentially, I've heard it called the, um, the, like a hijacking mm-hmm. my ner- higher neurological functions. So Knowing that has been huge for me. When I feel that's happening, there's so many ways to tell the bre- my breathing becomes rapid. That's These are automated processes that are occurring in my body that now I know when I can look for, I can pause. So quicken breathing, sweating, heart racing, even our pupils dilate because a uh, dilated pupil um, it lets in more light from the environment so we can ease more easily scan our surroundings for danger, which is a fascinating thing I found. So I've learned to, well, learning <laughs> how to recognize when these things come up. And then I really do my best to pause in those moments and then activate the other half of what I was mentioning, the parasympathetic nervous system. This is that soothing, grounding, calming state that we can get into by doing deep breathing, by doing, it's essentially what the tools in the book help you tap into, that parasympathetic state 
where our prefrontal cortex can re-enable, where we don't feel like we're in a life or death situation, where we can assess our situation rationally and not react, but respond. And I've just found that to be the basis of so much for me, um, working out of that parasympathetic state my decision, my thoughts are more grounded. My decisions are more grounded. My words serve myself and the other people around me much more. And yeah, I've just found it to be, to be really, really important. Mm. We're talking with Lucy Bird Hope here on the program about her daily alignment. Uh, I, uh, I joke with people about this all the time. Um, and, and, and uh, it, kind of came to light with uh, my mother asking me the question. So Richard, um, how's your retirement plan going now? I'm 62. And I said, uh, what retirement plan? I don't have, (laughs) I, I don't have, I have no plans on retiring. And the thing that I find so fascinating is it's only in what roughly the last hundred years, uh, that retirement was even, even a concept. Because basically, you know, uh, for example, if you worked on a farm, you worked on a ranch, you basically worked until you died because that's just the way that it was. It wasn't it wasn't, you know, survival per se. Uh, To me, survival didn't really kick in until the industrial, uh, 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 not the military industrial complex, but the industrial revolution. That's when survival kicked in. Uh, Anyway. Uh, the only retiring that I plan to do kind of like the daily alignment is on my truck. That's it. That's the only place I'm going to retire is my truck. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they're going to have to, I hope nobody has to really do this, but they're going to have to pull my cold dead carcass off of the console. Um, you know, I just, um, I've, and 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 I, I wonder sometimes, I'm going to ask you this question, but I wanted to ask this of my parents, but my dad's 91. He's not doing great. I don't know that this would be a great question to ask him, uh, even if I were to say, uh, so in the past, uh, and same thing with my mother, although my mother might be willing to give me the answer. But the question to you is, what gets you out of bed every morning? What sparks you to say, yeah, okay. Uh, I'll kick my legs over the side and put my slippers on and I'll get the day started and so forth. Ooh, I I like this. I, what has called for me to many years, I can now say kind of fluidly, I get a kick out of the concept of raising my own consciousness and that of the collective. That's really what I want to do every day. And I get a thrill out of it. And it's such an adventure and it's so rewarding. And, you know, you're bringing to mind a concept. It's also in the book that I learned. It is a Japanese word and it is ikigai. And it is essentially the Japanese word for like life purpose. And it combines your passion and mission and vocation. Essentially, it combines four things. What you're great at, what the world needs, what you love, and what you can be paid for. And the combination of those is called honorably known as your ikigai. So for me, 
it was a windy road for me to find my ikigai. A lot of pain pushed me in that direction, which can be the benefit of something like pain. I would just, I would just, it calls to me to continue to follow my ikigai and then I'm not seeking as much retirement. I'm living every day, enjoying what I'm doing. So the balance can be there without needing, without needing to cut it all off. If that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. at some point. Well, I will tell you that what gets me out of bed every morning these days, of course, is more so the animals, <laughs> a dog, three cats, the chickens outside. Uh, they want to be fed. And so, uh, you know, the dog wants to go out and do his business in the backyard. So I got to get up and and, and uh, take care of them. But by the time I'm uh, up heading in that direction prior to feeding them, okay, I got this I want to take care of and that and the other before I go to work. And as much as I do enjoy being at home, when I get in the truck and I start heading down the hill, I'm going, oh, boy, I get to go to work and do this stuff and I can have some fun and this and that and the other. Again, not to say that being at home and taking care of the animals and my wife isn't fun, but it's a different kind of fun. And I need to be doing stuff. I, I think that I would probably uh, ask for the final injection if I was in the state that my father is in. I just, I, I, I just couldn't lay there doing nothing. It would drive me nuts. Um, I know that there are a lot of people that feel that way too. Uh, so it's 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 very very interesting um, the the dynamics that develop in regards to uh, uh, dealing with this life. When you talk about daily alignment, have you had the opportunity, and I'm going to say the privilege, of working with people who didn't really want to be here. And I look at that from the standpoint of, you know, if they don't want to be here, isn't that their choice and their right? And again, that's my perspective. I'm not, I'm not diminishing the value of one person's life necessarily over another, but it's kind of like, I want a new car. So I go out and I get a new car. Okay. You're going to let me do that. You're going to let me get a new vehicle, but you won't let me leave because of whatever ideas you've got in your mind. But at the same time, these people have a contribution they could make. They have such great potential. Uh, and so that, but, and yet they feel like they want to leave. How, how do you, how do you address something like that? That, that particular feeling, because that's kind of what it is, a feeling and an attitude. Yes. Yes, completely. Well, I will share from personal experience. I, Going through the trauma I mentioned earlier, it was about three, four years ago, and I was in a place where I was having suicidal ideation. So this is a very personal topic to me, and I found it was essentially, in in my experience and in talking with other people that have had that experience, it's it's a desire to stop the pain. There's just so much pain that being experienced that to just 
make it stop. Just please make it stop is really what I've found to be at the, the crux of, of a lot of that, which, you know, I feel like we can all understand not wanting to the overwhelmment of pain and just like that feeling like it might never go away and that anything would be better than continuing to feel that sort of pain, all encompassing pain. And I do believe as, as you alluded to that we do have a purpose here and there is more for us. And, and that's what helped me, helped me get through that time. I mean, a lot of the concept in, in my book came from that time. There are a lot of things that helped me get through, but essentially the idea, I mean, I was ready to turn there. And when it, when it was the moment, I just, it just wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. I just, when it was really the moment, I just, I knew that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't my path. And there was a part of me that, that got, I love finding kind of humor in the darkness. And I remember a voice kind of telling me, you know, you can always do whatever you want. We have free will here. Um, it's just, if you make this choice now, if you come back in another life, you're going to have to deal with the pain again. Mm -hmm. So why not face it now and reduce that further, just further extending the pain, if that makes, if that makes sense. Oh, and, it does. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking with Lucy Bird Hope and uh, the website that she has is that is it right there. LucyBirdHope.com. There is no I, it's a Y in the middle name Bird, B-Y-R-D. Lucy Bird Hope will be uh, linked to your website as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and it is a real pleasure to have Lucy Bird Hope here on the program. Um, I'm kind of scanning around on your website, and you've got something rather interesting that kind of ties into, uh, I think, uh, the next level, if you will. Um, you you have um, three products that you you uh, uh, provide people, um, and they are, um, for lack of a better phrase, nut milk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Save a cow, milk a nut. Milk a uh, nut. That's yep. your slogan. That's our slogan. <laughs> but you've got walnut, uh, you've got almond, and you've got pistachio milk. Uh, yes. But. Let me ask you this question in regards to uh, this whole aspect of um, keeping one's body, shall we say, in alignment. Uh, I've often said that uh, the, the human body is the ultimate pharmaceutical company, if you will. And it manufactures its own chemicals, its own pain relievers, and so on and so forth. However, it can't do that if it's not given the ingredients that it needs to produce those chemicals. And it has been said, and I, I heard this back in grade school, high school, about shopping when you go to the grocery store. Always shop at the ends of the store or the back, never the middle where the processed foods are. And I think that rule still applies. 
But I'd even encourage people, if you've got them, go to your local farmer's market. That's what I'd sell, tell them to do. Um, I don't advocate for any particular diet, vegan or vegetarian or whatever, keto or all of that. kind. I don't even have a clue what that is, but that's okay. But what about that aspect specifically of the food and drink that we ingest in terms of creating the necessary chemistry to put us, if you will, and we're doing this for ourselves where nobody's forcing us to do this. And, and then it puts us in a, how can I put this a, a what, like a, a better frame of mind as well as health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Definitely, definitely. They're all linked. Uh, Holism is the company that that I sell these milks out of. And I sell it with my business partner, uh, Ryan Givens, who is an amazing person. And really, that's kind of the concept of what we've done here, what you've been describing. Uh, Ryan originally created the first recipe for an almond milk. He was just playing with a concept to let go of sugar in his life. And mm -hmm. all of our milks have evolved with the idea of utilizing and highlighting the natural functions of the ingredients that we use. So, for example, almond milk was the first one created and almonds reduce inflammation in the body and help with blood, blood flow. So we chose to pair that with turmeric and ginger, which do the same out of nature's pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we use all natural sweeteners, dates, cinnamon, and our homemade alcohol-free vanilla extract. And that's, that's the almond milk. And then the pistachio milk, pistachios are naturally high in melatonin. Melatonin helps you sleep. So we pair that with lavender and chamomile, which also help the body relax and sleep. And that's our sleepy time drink. Mm -hmm. And then the walnut is walnuts uh, naturally reduce inflammation in the brain. So we pair that with green tea and ginkgo leaf. And that's our brain boost, essentially. So mm -hmm. how it's just been so fascinating to research all of these different properties of the foods and how when we use them and curate them and combine them in certain ways, we can really boost certain things in our, in our body and having a healthy nutritional physical, healthy physical state can help us get a healthier mindset, help us help us connect more to that spiritual voice that we talked about listening to help us listen more and talk a little less up there. So I found it all to be so integrated and, to just focus. One of the, my favorite tricks in the grocery store is to read the ingredients, not reading the fat or the carbs or the sugars and just, or the calories and being so hyper-focused on those, but scanning further down and reading the ingredients. The first mm -hmm. ingredient is in there the most. So what am I actually putting in my body? And if it's something I can't pronounce or have never heard of, like, <laughs> You might find in many of the processed foods, well, maybe I shouldn't put it in my body. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a fascinating um, approach. It's just a very different mindset than something like calorie counting. And it's wild how forgetting about calories and looking at ingredients and eating ingredients I align with has put me in a healthier and better physical shape than I've ever been in when I was 
tracking those calories. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, sidebar conversation here, a question for you regarding the almond. There's a lot of criticism here in California, for example, uh, over the fact that an almond, uh, it requires one gallon of water per almond. I'd like to know how they figured that out based upon the fact that I'm sure there's got to be thousands of almonds on a tree, on one tree, let alone in an orchard. Uh, are you familiar with that? And does, again, this is just a sidebar. I'm just curious since you do produce, you do put out this, uh, this almond milk. Yeah, I've, we've researched all of the nuts. We're always trying to work with what's best in all terms of the word best. Mm -hmm. Um, that was our original line that we came out with when we, when we didn't have any ideas for this company. That was just the first organic, <laughs> organic in multiple sense of the word, but organic as in naturally arose um, in our process. So it wasn't really something we set out to do, if that makes sense. And we are continually re researching, refining each of our lines and looking into that and looking how to have the most sustainable products. We, um, yeah, we're, you know, we'll keep looking into that. And yeah. I think for us, we want to use our dream is to have, use every nut out there and have fruit yeah. drinks. We have uh, cocktail mixers as well. We, we have a children's line coming out, a chocolate milk and, so yeah, it's really just getting started. So I'm sure as we grow and expand, whenever we're in those making those really, really bigger orders that all of those factors will be considered. Yeah. And, and again, I, I obviously uh, it's something you need to research. Uh, certainly I, I talked with an almond farmer when I was, I just happened to be at the, the, the clinic uh, one day for an appointment. And there was this gentleman outside, uh, uh, who uh, we got to talking and he's, oh yeah, I'm an almond farmer. And I said, is it really true that it takes one gallon of water for every nut? And he said, no, that's, that's a fib. That's a lie that's being told by the quote unquote anti-almond establishment. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, if, if we, um, I was, I, I, I co-host another program dealing with uh, farm uh, farmers markets here in the Santa Barbara County area. And um, uh, we, he, he, uh, the, the, the host of the program, he had this list of the top five um, fruits or vegetables that contains the most water. Now, nuts don't seem like they contain a lot of moisture or water, but we're talking now about fruits and vegetables that contain water in terms of the percentages. And of course, watermelon was in there. I'm trying to remember the others. Uh, and there was celery was in there. And um, obviously there were three others that I cannot recall. Oh, broccoli was one. And of course, guess which one I chose? Watermelon. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Water. It's very juicy, very delicious, and so on and so forth. Turns out it's night. The watermelon is actually third behind, if I'm remembering correctly, broccoli and the number one moisture content fruit or vegetable is actually celery wow. with 95% moisture or water. And I'm thinking, okay, so if it has 95% water, then 
How much water does each stock require? Is anybody stuck? I mean, we're we're getting ridiculous in that regard in terms of saying, well, we don't want to grow this because it uses too many of the resources. But the point is that there's more than enough water on the planet. It's how we're using it. And we've been getting deluged with rain and snow here in California, both, no, both Northern and Southern California. And of course, into Arizona and the Western states and so forth. And so uh, our reservoirs are like full. We have a lake uh, that we live very close to called Lake Kachuma. And it was at like 25 to 30% back in November. It's at 100% now, especially because of the heavy rains we've had since then. And there's more coming, which is fabulous. But are we going to be smart about it and, and utilize those that resource in particular uh, so that we don't wind our, end up back in whatever it is that we end up back in another drought or what have you? And we don't need to have water wars. Please, let's not do that. But I'm curious, uh, it's, speaking of water, is are there particular waters that can also facilitate the um the betterment of the chemistry in one's body because we do need that liquid because we have to keep things flowing through right we're like a big filter and we've got to keep filtering through and filtering through oh yeah water is life i i am a huge proponent of filtered water so whatever that looks like to you whatever brand or however just getting some sort of filter to filter out, unfortunately, what is just the reality of most of our drinking water contains things that that we shouldn't really be drinking. I filter my dog's water as well. If I'm not going to drink it, I don't want them drinking it. Right. Um, so, yeah, filtered water is is key. I've found water to be so instrumental in, in any time I experience an illness. I've created through my own trial and error what I call my 48-hour flush, which is the moment I feel that sniffle or that constriction on the back of my throat or that headache that I know, oh, this is maybe a cold or a, or a, or a sore throat or, or worse, I turn to water. I, have, I will drink as much water essentially as humanly possible with my own concept that I've just found works for me that I envision and personally believe it is flushing out the illness and it is what is responsible. If the illness is in me, the more water I drink and the more it gets out of me, the quicker it gets out of me. And I, mm -hmm. this is totally my own program that I've created. Mm -hmm. And I now have found more and more often that by going to water immediately over and over throughout the day and night if it calls to me. And then the next day, a lot of times within 48 hours, I'm feeling better. And it has personally been it, just like a personal experiment. And it it's fascinating to me. I really can't mm. believe it. But it kind of, I mean, it makes sense when I think about it. You know, if it's, if it's in, some of it came from a concept, I've done detoxification programs with an amazing functional medicine practitioner, Lara Pounds. And I would find when I would do the detoxes, sometimes I wouldn't feel good. And she would remind me to drink a lot of water because my body's releasing toxins. And if I don't drink enough water to get those toxins out of my body, they just recirculate. Yeah. So I think for me, maybe that was where some of my own experimentation came from.
What are your thoughts about distilled water? Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are what are your what are your thoughts? I'm curious now. Well, I know. Uh, first of all, that's all we drink when we drink water in the house, and we give it to our cats and dog. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the main reasons is because one of our cats had the equivalent of kidney stones. They call them crystals. Uh, he is referred to as our $6,000 cat <laughs> because we had to put him in, we had to send him twice or take him twice to the vet for the same reason. And they said, if it's a third time, then they're going to have to remove a part of his organ. Uh, we don't want that. And, and so forth. So they suggested distilled water because they're going to get the nutrients from the food that you feed them. And, and that will be sufficient. So I figure if it's good enough for the cat, it's good enough for us because we're going to get the nutrients, the vitamins and minerals from the foods that we eat if we're eating healthy foods like fresh produce and so forth. And we've been doing this for I don't know how many years now. Uh, what I find fascinating is how quickly it, it flies off the shelves to where I will go to three different stores and they have none one day. And the next day, I'll go to those same three different stores and the, the shelves are full of it. Uh, so obviously, there are other people that are doing the same thing. Um, th there's another element uh, that I'm I'm kind of curious about that I was taught about, gosh, 35 years ago, maybe more. A technique that was referred to me as muscle testing, but the clinical or technical name is kinesiology. And it was taught to me by taking one hand and putting a ring with your thumb and index finger, taking the other hand, looping them together. And then you say, you hold those together and you say yes. And then you do it again and you say no. You pull it, try to pull it apart. It won't come apart because your body knows. Now, the uh, there was another technique where you put your arm out and you basically so you go to the grocery store, for example, and you go to a pile of broccoli. All right. Uh, is this in the best interest of my body? And if you if your arm stays up, it's good. If your arm drops down. No, don't don't eat that. But that also works for other things. But see, that also ties into something we started talking about earlier in the program, and that's that you're, it's your intuition. Your intuition is connected to your body. It's all interconnected, interdependent. And that's my belief. And so that still small voice is telling you through your body, yes or no. Um, I was diagnosed nearly three years ago with type 2 diabetes. I was back to normal in a month and a half because of two factors. One is I knew how I had gotten there. And it was the pandemic. What did everybody go to in terms of foods when the pandemic hit? They went to comfort foods. What's in comfort foods? Sugars and carbs, which turn into sugars. And of course, I was a big soda drinker. 23rd of July, 2020 was my last soda. I haven't had one since. And what did I find to replace it? Not exactly distilled water, though I do drink it. Sparkling ice water. It's flavored. And it has no sugar in it. And it, ha I it what I love about it is the bubbles. I just like the fizz, you know? Um, but I also like the flavors. And I mix them. I, I make my own, so to speak, fruit punch from the uh, different flavors. 
And I was down to normal in a month and a half. Of course, the following July, I was I was diagnosed and hospitalized with infected gallbladder with gallstone the size of a golf ball. Uh, the Olympics were going on at that time. So I, I would jokingly say, oh, I, and I won the Olympic uh, sport of the uh, gallbladder clean and jerked. <laughs> but uh, it just seems to me that I know more and more people are getting educated. How are you uh, going through this process? Are there aspects of the daily of the daily alignment, the book itself in there that give people suggestions on or just in general, trust your body, listen to that still small voice and so on and so forth to guide you as to what's best for you? Yes, yes, definitely. So I embody and it's in the book a concept. It's an Abraham Hicks concept, who's a spiritual teacher that we all have an inner being, which is essentially there's us in our physical selves and there is a non-physical version of us watching us, loving us, guiding us and continually knowing what's best for us and guiding us towards that. And so connecting with this concept and then listening to that inner being, it's basically our highest self, our best self, like the best version of us that exists that knows why we have the challenges we have. The wise teacher within us, essentially, is that voice. And so I found to quiet my inner, my voice that's talking, which is more of my mind, and then listen to the wisdom, the voice, for lack of a better word, more of a feeling almost. Um, that comes from above, that is essentially this inner being that knows what's best for me. And if I can just surrender my will and my life to this inner being, this higher power, and let them guide me and trial and error helped me figure out the relationship. And when I'm when I'm listening, or when I'm talking, and I really my own I've just found it's up to our each each of our own experiences with this concept as to what that means in your life but really the concept overall of listening to that higher self that inner being I've just found to be everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal it really is. Another big deal is you're listening to a program here on uh, on this station on this podcast and in this video cast where we're talking with Lucy Bird Hope and we're talking about daily alignment available through many of the uh, book outlets, uh, as well as uh, through her website, lucybirdhope.com, which we will be linked to as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for being with us here with uh, Lucy Bird Hope. And um, there's so much that we can discuss here. I would love for you, if you could. Uh, before we wrap things up here on the program, can you give us uh, a couple of these daily alignments? I don't know how long or short they are in the book itself, but um, maybe codifying it just a little bit uh, so that our listeners as well as our viewers can have a better idea of what to look for and look forward to when they get their copy of uh, the daily alignment. Uh, and also to that end, uh, are there plans on making this an audible book? Ah, well, I can answer that first. Yes. 
there are big plans to do that. So look out for that. <laughs> All right. Very good. Very good. Um, All right. So um, I'm going to, I don't know how you have this set up per se. Um, can I throw out a number? Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw out a number um, 47. So we're going to take a like look it. at daily alignment 47. All right. So that one is going to be be present. So I will read from here. Okay. <clears throat> and folks, this is from the book Daily Alignment by Lucy Bird Hope. Be present. Mindfully embrace this moment as opposed to ruminating about the past or the future. Savor this second. Absorb what is happening now. Experience the present deliberate, deliberately. As you notice that you are preoccupied in thought, let go of the thought you're having and redirect your attention to the present moment. Let go immediately because replaying a thought only makes it harder to let go of. Envision yourself lying on your back in a field of bright green grass with sunshine beaming upon you. Look up at the deep blue sky and let thoughts float by like passing puffy clouds. Look to birds as a prime example of living in the present. Birds are provided for in the moment without being weighed down by concerns of their past nor fears of their future. Birds fly freely, living fully from one moment to the next. When you hear birds chirping, let them bring you to the moment at hand. Hear them say, attention, here and now, wake up. Attention, here and now, wake up. Staying in the now is a skill of focus that can be developed with practice. Practice by noticing when you stray from the present moment. Take a deep breath and ask yourself, can I be here now? Affirm I can and redirect your attention to the moment you are experiencing. The present moment is the only thing where there is no time. It is the point between past and future. It is always there and it is the only point we can access in time. Everything that ever happened and will ever happen can only happen in the present moment. That's a quote from Marco Thumb. Apologies if I mispronounced that. And then this quote is Eckhart Tolle. Whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you had chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. Make it your friend and ally, not your enemy. This will miraculously transform your whole life. Being mindfully in the present moment decreases stress and its subsequent health impacts, aids in combating fear, regret, and anxiety, and helps with coping with pain and dealing with negative emotions. You are worthy of this moment. Be in it. Mm. Interesting, too, that you mentioned Eckhart Tolle earlier in the program. Right? <laughs> as, as well as his book. You know. <laughs> Uh, and I being a good <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It reminds me too of the analogy I've used uh, of when uh, I'm recording programs like this, and I'm doing it uh, both video as well as audio uh, in a sound editing program. And you see that you know you've I'm sure you've seen the center line, and then the the wave that's been created from your voice is over on the left side, and there's nothing on the right side, and where the wave is is the past. And where nothing is, is the future. It's that center line that is the now. And what I uh, also uh, came to realize, too, is that if you 
have heard the words coming out of your mouth, it's already the past. If your ears have already heard it, it's already off of that center line, which I, I thought, wow, that's that's profound. And that's that's how quick we move into the past. And so it's very difficult. I also want to tie tie something else into this. You made a comment earlier about um, letting go of thoughts, not only in what you just read, but also in, in, in what we've been talking about. I used to be in great fear when it came to financial issues, you know, being in debt, credit card debt specifically, uh, having a car or a house, that's, that's a whole different thing. It was, and I'm wondering how important uh, the intellect is in this con concept. It wasn't until I learned the rules of the game being played by the credit card companies that the fear went away. Uh, and, um, and just basically briefly, when you are issued one of these cards, there is no, let's say you're given a $500 limit. They don't have $500 sitting in a vault somewhere that when you use the card, they send that money out to the, the proprietor that you used the card at. No, the, the real money they have is only when you pay the payment for what you borrowed. And they have insurance to cover if you default. In other words, you decide I'm not going to pay. And I personally believe it's better to be responsible than irresponsible. Although I can honestly say that in my life, I have actually filed twice for the big B, but I thought I was going to have to do it a third time. And I said, no, I'm going down a different road. I'm going a different path because uh, doing it a third time is insanity. You know, Einstein's definition. How important is it? And maybe it isn't at all. There's another way that you can share with us. How important is it to use the intellect to process in the way that I just described for myself to where now I don't even have the fear anymore. It doesn't bother me. Plus, I'm doing things that, that are eliminating that very same thing. But even in the process, it's like they're not losing anything. So why should I lose sleep? Uh, I'm, I'm doing everything that I can. I'm doing the best that I can. Um, and, and using, I don't know if I, we would say it's an intellectual argument to, to quell the fear, but I'm not afraid anymore. Wow. That's fascinating. I, I hadn't heard that before, That that's some food for thought. And I mean, that's really just case in point that knowledge is power, mm -hmm. knowing exactly what we're engaging with, what we're aligning with, and if it resonates us, and if not, researching it. I think that's so fabulous how you went about that. And and I and I like how you did something different the third time. Uh, a favorite quote of mine is from Seinfeld, the TV show, that it's on the program where it's called The Opposite. And he says, well, if every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. And yes. sometimes I do like to apply that. So situations, like you said, when you're seeing this, something happen over and over, well, 
I don't know exactly what to do, but I know at least not what to do, which is what I did that twice didn't work out for me. So what could I do that's different? And for you, it seems like it led you to a cool path of figuring out more of what was actually happening, like investigating the Mm -hmm. reality of the situation. So the fear couldn't create its own fearful fantasy. Well, I I, I just, it's a final uh, comment on it. Uh, First of all, I know there's no debtor's prison. Unless you're unless you're embezzling, there's a whole different thing. Uh, they don't put you in jail for not paying your credit cards. They can make your life miserable, sure, but uh, life goes on and everything is temporary. Everything in this world is temporary. Nothing's permanent. Everything's changing. Uh, those were the other uh, constructs that I really held on to. And um, and I encourage people to do the same with whatever the situation is. Doesn't have to be financial. Whatever it is, uh, if it's a personal situation uh, in your life, uh, maybe it's your kids or your spouse, your partner, whatever the case may be, your employer. I, uh, you know, that if you're in a hostile work environment, yeah, these days it's very litigious. You go to court, you'll sue, and maybe you'll get some money. Uh, I didn't think that way. I was in a job uh, where the general manager hired me through the sales department. Because he was going to put me in the position of program director, but they hadn't fired the program director yet. (laughs) Well, the program director knew exactly what was going on, and he and I actually became friends. Uh, So the day came when I'm actually out making a sales call. I am driving to the advertiser's business to get a contract signed and make my very first radio commercial sale. And I get the phone call on my phone, and this was back in 1998. So you can imagine the kind of phone I had. <laughs> uh, hey, you got to come back. We need to come back to the station. And I said, okay. And I was so, I was so cranked. I'm going, no, yeah, you know, because I was so excited about making the sale. So I get back there, and of course, they let him go. Well, he was very helpful to me because I had been nice to him and and he knew that it wasn't my fault that this was happening. Well, I was there for about a month. The general manager was treating me like I was his best friend. After that month, he started treating me like I had just killed his, his best friend. And I refused, regardless of the the harsh and hostile attitude that he portrayed to me, I refused to quit. Absolutely refused to give them the satisfaction. I, of course, hunkered down in the production studio, sort of hid there, you know. But I even went into his office and I said, what's the deal here? Why are you treating me like that? I don't understand. And I never got a good answer. Um, Anyway, Eventually, they laid me off. That was the term. And they gave me a severance package. And in this business that I'm in, uh uh-uh, you don't get severance packages. Unless, of course, you have a contract. I did not have a contract. And that severance package, which was nice, also told me they knew that what they were doing was wrong. But it was one of those situations where I said, I'm not going to buckle. I'm going to continue to do my very best continue to provide this radio station with the quality of production that they deserve, that the listeners deserve, so on and so forth, until the day comes. And I'll just deal with this, this situation. And of course, then eventually they they did take care of the situation. <laughs> they let me go. But I know a lot of people, they would just, I'm out of here. Or they would sue. Do you think that a lot of folks 
they're trapped in these different belief systems that go back, who knows, maybe generations uh, where they don't feel like they have any choice because, well, that's not the way my family did it. That's not the way my whoever. Uh, this is the way we do it. You know, we <laughs> I'm thinking of the movie Office Space. I don't know if you've ever seen it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. OK, where the one guy who keeps getting moved. Uh, you know, Milton, down the, right? eventually sets fire to the place. No, we don't want to go there. We don't want to go there. But but uh, you 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 know you think you got to do something different. You got to do something different than what anybody else has done before. Mm -hmm. To me, doing the daily alignment is uh, one of those differences that can make all the difference in the world. Right? Mm -hmm. For me, it has. That's what I can speak to. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I really do. I love that story. It's it's amazing how you navigated that and then I would say got rewarded for that from the from the universe or whatever. And you engaged with a concept that I like which is essentially not pushing against. And that doesn't mean tolerating on you know accepting unacceptable behavior. It just means focusing on what is serving you at the time, what you do align with, what you do resonate with, what the positive aspects are, what is what is working for you really in the situation and continuing to align with that. And then sometimes something unexpected can happen, like in your case, and and the result can be better than it would have been if there was that frantic pushing against yeah. of the entire situation in every way, shape or form. Um, and I found usually when I leave a situation pushing against everywhere, the next situation I get in, something kind of similar will happen. It's like that energy gets carried. So, yeah. yeah. It's, now, it's I'll tell you, uh, after that incident, I went to work for another station and it was absolutely the opposite. It was as if I had walked into a new family, open arms, they embraced me. And I was only there for two months and the uh, the board that ran the station decided they were going to sell it. Mm -hmm. And so they were instructed to start letting people go. Well, you know how that that rule is for last hired, first fired. Guess what? I made the cut. I was still there. And then they did it again in January. And I made the cut. I was still there. Matter of fact, I was pretty much um, almost like the last man on the Titanic of sorts. Uh, I was actually running the radio station all by myself and um, it was, it was fascinating, but I had a series during that year where uh, when I was uh, late, laid off before I went to work for the family, if you will, I loved, I loved that group of people. Um, I went, I went on, I, I went for uh, uh, unemployment, right? I went for unemployment and they, they don't give you anything for the first two weeks. I got a job within the first two weeks. Okay, great. Um, I was only there for a short time and I was let go for various different reasons. And uh, so I went back and I filed for unemployment. I had to wait another two weeks and I got another job within that two weeks. And then I was let go of that job that I found. And I said, you know what? I am not going to go file for unemployment because I'm going to get a job in about two weeks. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and I did. Um, so, I mean, I was laid off four times in one year. Yeah. And I filed for unemployment twice. And then the last two times, I said, eh, what's the point? Why waste the energy? I'm going to get another job very quickly. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, so it's it's amazing how when we change our perspective, life is constantly changing. The universe is constantly moving. Did you ever, Lucy, did you ever sit as a little kid? I sat in mass one day and I don't know where the heck my head was, but I thought I'm going to blink twice and I'm going to blink really, really fast. And so those two blinks will be identical. They'll be identical. And I kept trying to do it and trying to do it. And of course, then the thought occurred to me that I can never do that because the universe is in motion at all times. Every cell in my body is moving and everything's changing. So there's no way, no matter how fast I do it, I'll never be able to have two blinks identical. Of course, I walked out of that mask thinking I was going to go crazy, a seven-year-old. <laughs> but I think that a lot of people, don't they, from your perspective, do you find a lot of people have lost their perspective on reality from the standpoint that a change is the constant in the universe and that we need to befriend it. We need to love it. We need to uh, nurture it, if you will, bring it, <laughs> as George Bush Jr. said back in 2001, bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> because, you know, what are you going to, because if you don't, it's like your example, you're pushing against the wall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I find this to be the key to so much embracing is the word I like to use embracing change and it is the only thing that remains constant is the inconstant essentially and I feel like whether we're taught it or we find security in it I'm not sure but a lot of at least for me my early life was building everything around me so that there were no changes and that I was in complete control of everything and it doesn't work. So it is like an empire that crumbles on itself. Mm -hmm. And then it's yeah. even more painful. It's like setting myself up for failure. Whereas I've had enough experience with, um, with what happens when I do that and it doesn't work. Right. So maybe I'll do the opposite. And so I've been for a couple of years now, opening my arms to change. And it doesn't mean it's easy. And it doesn't mean that I don't have fear of the unknown, but I have tried to let go of control in almost every aspect of my life and let it be the powers that be or my higher power or my inner being and let them, let them be the one that's in control because it just doesn't work when I try to be. It doesn't work when I resist that change. So opening to it, I found to be everything. And I believe that we are on earth to learn, that it's the school of life, essentially. Yeah. And so the point of learning is growing, is learning new information and then proceeding from an, an, a place of new awareness to somewhere else and learning and learning and growing and learning and growing. So I found when I try to resist change, I'm essentially trying to resist growth. And it's counter opposite to why I believe I'm here. So no wonder it doesn't seem to work out well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that uh, in, in my own personal life and my relationship, um, uh, we were going through some difficult times. And I was counseled by different therapists who chose to be part of my network uh, to do uh, this or that or the other thing based upon the therapeutic response to what I was dealing with. And 
there was a part of me and that still small voice that said, Richard, I understand, but that's not you. That is not you. That is not how you deal with stuff. Okay. They may be right in their own way uh, with different people, but it's not you. And I did not do those things. And actually, it was somewhat to the consternation of some of these folks uh, that I didn't do these things. And yet today, we're on a different uh, a different path. And it's a good path for the both of us together. And uh, then, of course, uh, last year, we found out that the property that we are living on and renting is has been uh, is being sold. It's like, oh, my God. And then this thing and that thing and the other thing. It's really something else. Anyway, I want to, uh, uh, first of all, thank you, Lucy, for being a part of Tell Me Your Story and sharing with us the daily alignment. Uh, I know that you have other things that you need to get to, uh, as do I. Uh, but I want to ask you three final questions. They're quickies, okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I ask of all of my guests, and I've been doing so for the last 15 years that we've been doing this program, uh, and uh, before I ask you those, let me just let you know that I thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world, giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., 9 a.m. on Wednesdays, so a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, and many other locations, and we're on YouTube. And we ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s. Spend time going within and listening to that still small voice. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing financially, we have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And with all of that said, we go to the first of our three questions. And uh, they, for in order, they are, number one, who is Lucy Bird Hope? Oh, boy, what a question. Um, <laughs> who is Lucy Bird Hope? Oh. The, the Lucy is the one who sees, the one who hears, the one who feels, the one who experiences this life. She is the experiencer. That is the best way I would put it. <laughs> All right. What is your life's purpose? To raise my consciousness and that of the collective. And finally... Another movie reference. What was your best day? Oh, my best day. Can I say today? <laughs> Whatever comes to mind. Absolutely. Today. All right. Thank you again so much for sharing this time with us. I really do appreciate it. And I hope we get a chance to talk with you again down the road to talk more about uh, whatever you've got in the works, more daily alignment. Uh, and uh, of course, your website, lucybirdhope.com. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I am still listening. <laughs>